0: Welcome to Excel Church. My name is Pastor Alicia, and I'm so glad that you are able to join us as we continue our sermon series, Crazy Happy. This morning, we're going to be talking about crazy happy satisfaction. Somebody say crazy happy satisfaction, because when Jesus fulfills our deepest longings, we can live out the overflow of his life within us. This overflowing life plays itself out in a unique happiness that we're calling Crazy Happy. So let's pray before we get started. Father, help us to find our deepest fulfillment in you and let your life overflow through us into the world. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, our main scriptures for this morning are coming out of the book of Matthew, Steele chapter five, verses 7 through two, 12, verses seven through 12. And we're gonna be covering a couple main points. Point one, a satisfied soul loves mercy. Somebody say that with me, a satisfied soul loves mercy. Point two, purity focuses your vision. Say that with me, purity focuses your vision. Number three, be a peacemaker. Say that with me, be a peacemaker. Number four, the crazy happy life isn't always easy. All right, you know what you need to do. Say that with me. The crazy happy life isn't always easy. We'll be discussing those points and more right after this. God wants all of us to walk in unique happiness. It's part of living life and having what Jesus calls life more abundantly. We talked about that a little bit last week, if you recall, or if you were with us. It's part of the work God wants to do in us. It's part of what he wants to do. That's why he came, Jesus came, that we might have life and have it more abundantly. That's why God's definition of the crazy happy life is called the be attitudes. They're not called the do attitudes. It's not about what we do. It's actually about who we are and when our life is lived out of the overflow of the life of Jesus within us. Our lives have tremendous happiness when we're seeking God's best for us. So we're going to continue studying the Beatitudes, the life of the blessed person, the happy person. We finish with Matthew 5, 6, where it says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. God wants to fulfill the deepest, and the truest longings of our hearts. So today we're gonna pick up with Matthew chapter five, verse seven. A satisfied soul loves mercy. Somebody say that, a satisfied soul loves mercy. Now from there we read in Matthew five, seven, blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy. And I like to say it this way. The satisfied soul loves mercy. See, mercy embraces both forgiveness for the guilty and then also compassion for those who are suffering or hurting. One of the best ways to understand mercy is seeing how it relates to both justice and grace. Justice is when you give somebody what they deserve. Mercy is not giving someone what they deserve and grace is when you give someone what they don't deserve. The person who has received mercy then also extends mercy to others and they demonstrate the same mercy God extended to them. Blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy. When we seek satisfaction first and foremost in God, now all of a sudden we love to give the mercy that we have received. Of course, Psalms chapter 18 verses 25 and 26 explains this to us. It says with the merciful, you will show yourself merciful. Hmm. With a blameless man, you will show yourself blameless. With the pure, you will show yourself pure. And with the devious, you will show yourself shrewd. The Lord allows us to set the standard by which we experience life. Have you ever thought about that for a moment? We get to set the standard by how we choose to obey his word. When we realize we have obtained mercy, We are merciful. When we are merciful, we are crazy happy. And the cycle goes on and on. And the world is blessed. But not only is God's crazy happy way a way of mercy, purity focuses your vision. Somebody say that with me. Purity focuses your vision. Listen to what you read in Matthew 5, 8, where it says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Hmm. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. So God's crazy happy plan for us is that purity focuses our vision. Someone who is pure at heart is someone whose heart is purified by Jesus. Hmm. And when our heart is purified, we get to see God at work. Anybody want to see God at work? Our hearts are the epicenter, the control center of our entire lives. We see things with God's purity. And when you see through the lens of the Holy Spirit, then through the finished work of Jesus, as our hearts have been purified, now all of a sudden, we get to see the handiwork of God everywhere. I'm thinking of a time when I was at a vacation and you could think that there were so many things to be enamored by and there was so much beauty around me as I was in this wonderful uh, uh, destination with beautiful sand and beaches and, and water and all I could do is stand and marvel at the majesty of my heavenly father, at his creation, at his handiwork. I begin to see God in places that normally I would expect that you would be relaxing or enjoying yourself, but I have to stop while everyone's in the midst of movement and just give him praise and give him honor because I see his work. Talk about a crazy happiness when we can see God working and we see God's fingerprints in the world around us, this generates an extraordinary happiness for us. This reminds me of Psalms chapter 24, verses 3 through 6. Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord, or who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart who has not lifted up his soul to an idol nor sworn deceitfully he shall receive blessing from the lord and righteousness from the god of his salvation this is jacob the generation of those who seek him who seek your face This psalm talks about the person who can be with God. They exhibit a single-minded devotion to God, which is the overflow of the internal cleansing that comes from believing in Jesus. See, we're talking about an internal cleansing. We're talking about letting the old things pass away and accepting the new life that we receive in Christ. We're talking about a cleansing, a renewing of the mind. Anyone testify this morning about this cleansing that comes from believing in Jesus? Has he renewed your mind? Amen? Has he changed a few things in your life? Do you see things a little bit differently as a result of what it is that God has done in you and through you? And I think you believe and understand what we're talking about on this morning. So when we begin to talk about this uh, crazy happy life, it's an inner um, evolving that we begin to see is going to have to take place. I know maybe when we started this off, we might have been thinking that this was going to be all about receiving and getting things. But we are going to begin to see as we continue on, even on this morning, and even as we saw last week, that it has more to do with what God is doing on the inside of us. All right. So let's move on. Now I want to talk to you for a moment about being a peacemaker. Yep. Being a peacemaker. Matthew 5, 9 says, uh, be a peacemaker. It says specifically, blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called the sons of God. Remember that? They shall be called the sons of God. Be peacemakers, my friends, if you want to be the crazy, happy person. See, this is really beginning to shed some light on some things, the way that we perceive things, the way that we internalize, the way that we process the world and the way that we respond to the world will bring about a crazy happiness. It'll bring about a joy because you are now beginning to operate with the mind of Christ and how you do the things that you do. Look at that. It says a peacemaker is the son of God. If you want to be happy, you do need to be a peacemaker. And I know for some of us, that is something that we have come to recognize that peacemakers have it good. Peacemakers, we we have to be able to make peace with others because we first had peace made for us. Amen? We had peace made for us through the finished work of Jesus on the cross. And because of his sacrifice, we are at peace with God. Think about that for a second. We are um, doing what we have only seen Jesus do. And because Jesus made peace with God for us, hallelujah, we thank you, Father. We thank you for that. Then we emulate that and we make peace with others for God. Amen. So we are sharing the peace of God that has been given to us and God's peace surpasses all human understanding. We have an inward peace with God that now by the power of the Holy Spirit leads us to be peacemakers in the world. Come on now, we, we got to begin to take the word of God and, and, and apply it in our lives. Think about how we behave when people don't agree with us. Think about how we respond when things are not going the way that we think that they should go. Think about how easy it is for us to respond in our flesh and to do the very opposite of what the word is telling us this morning God would like for us to do. And think about how if we shift those attitudes and if we shift those behaviors and begin to walk in alignment with the word of God, how we will see a level of happiness that may have escaped us before. There's nothing more joy-inducing. There's nothing that brings us more happiness than when we see reconciliation, when we see peace being made with other people. And I'm talking about peace being made. I, I love how we have been able to overcome obstacles to create an environment where people feel welcome from every walk of life. Bringing peace among people, putting aside differences to create a unity of following God and worshiping him. Think about how we can extend that to the world and bring peace, not only in interpersonal relationships, but in bringing people to Christ and in inviting them to be a part of this journey with us. Seeing that peace being made with other people brings great joy. Anybody ever walked someone through the sinner's prayer? Anybody ever brought someone to Christ? Can you describe a joy greater than that? Than seeing someone be made at peace with God. The crazy happy life isn't always easy. Somebody say that. The crazy happy life, it isn't always easy. Now let's take our final two steps in the Beatitudes. Throughout this series, we've seen the unexpected places. We've seen the unexpected ways and the unexpected manner in which God's plan for happiness is found. We read this in Matthew chapter 5, verses 10 through 12. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake huh. rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you now i believe this is really provocative and important We talked about that, we talked about how when we began talking about the crazy happy life, those of us who did not know where I was headed with this thought I was gonna steal you all rainbows and sunshine. And that is a portion, somebody say, a portion of what God has for me. But the crazy happy life isn't always easy. Somebody say that, the crazy happy life isn't always easy. And many of us that have studied the word of God can think of many circumstances where the prophets were persecuted. I think of Stephen and how he was killed. And I think of so many who have gone before us who did not exactly have crazy happiness permeating through every aspect of their life. Lot of persecution because of who they were and what they stood for and even though we live in a different climate a different culture in a different time i believe that you know that there's still a persecution that we face when we stand for righteousness there's still a persecution that we face when we tell the world i'm sorry i understand that you all have decided that that's okay now but i still believe the word of god is true and i still believe in righteousness And I believe that that is not the the will of God, right? A little bit of persecution that comes from the culture around us that thinks that we're being too deep or we're being too serious or we're not being open enough. The crazy happy life is going to come with persecution. Why? Well, you see it right here in the Beatitudes. You go through all these beautiful areas, unexpected, surprising places, Where happiness is found. But then you land with persecution. But you're not persecuted because you're doing the wrong things. That's a different type of persecution. You're persecuted for righteousness sake. Sometimes when you're doing all the right things. And you're living a crazy happy life with Jesus. People don't always like you. And they choose to come after you. I think about that sometimes. How we said the devil didn't bother us when we were living our lives in a haphazard way, in, in agreement with what he would have us to do, forsaking the plan of God for our lives. But the moment we decided, uh-uh, I want to live for Jesus. I want to walk with God. I want to be His hands and His feet. Then here comes the persecution because now we're on the enemy's. We're on the opposite side of the enemy. We have to remember what Jesus said in John 15, verses 17 through 21. These things I command you, that you love one another. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. Hmm. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet, because you are not of the world, because I chose you out of the world. Therefore, the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. But all these things they will do for you, do to you for my name's sake, because they do not know him who sent me. Jesus told us this would happen, right? He told us. He let us know. Also in 1 John chapter 3, verse 13, it says, Do not marvel, my brother, And if the world hates you, it has been laid out for us that we ought not to expect that everyone is going to be in an agreement with this life that we choose to live for God. I can't begin to tell you the times that I have been mocked or scorned for righteousness. My favorite one is the my lifestyle of giving unto the Lord and paying my tithes and giving my offering to the Lord. And someone remarked, you're giving all your money to that church? They thought it was foolishness that I would choose to give back to God what he asked of me for what he has already blessed me with. He said, you can keep all the rest of this. You take 90%. That's a lot. That's a lot. 90% is a lot. <laughs> Give me back the tithe. Give me back the tent. I had no problem with that. That worked for me. That made sense to me. He rebukes the devourer. He has been a blessing over and over again in keeping me happy and safe and blessed in areas mentally, physically, spiritually, financially. This is something that made perfect sense to me. But to the unbeliever, the unbeliever the things of God are foolishness he takes the, the the things that these are the things that confound them the scripture says because they don't understand they don't know God they don't believe God they don't study his word. but for us when we do When we decide, you know what? I'm going to wait until I'm married to be able to have relations with someone. The world thinks that's crazy. Girl, you better test out the the samples before you buy. The world has a whole different system that it will try to bring upon us. And if we want to have the crazy happy life, now see, if you want to just have the raggedy life, you go ahead and do what they suggest that you do. But I'm telling you, I'm a living witness that there is a happiness that comes from trusting God and obeying his word and disciplining yourself to follow his ways. If you embark